Welcome to the Savvy Shopkeeper Retail Podcast. I'm your host, Kathy Cruz. Just like you, I'm an independent retail business owner. I love the home decor and gift boutique I co-own with my sister, but I don't want it to consume me or my life. Join me each week as I share lessons learned, helpful tips, and valuable information for your retail business and life. Whether you're buying your products or making your products, whether you're a 25K business or a $2.5 million business, I'm on a mission to help indie retailers work less, profit more, and grow. Let's get started on today's episode. Welcome to episode 144 of the Savvy Shopkeeper Retail Podcast. Labor Pains in Independent Retail, 12 Solutions for Hiring and Retaining Employees. I'm your host, Kathy Cruz. Before I get started on this podcast episode, I want to acknowledge that I know this subject matter is hard. It has been challenging for many independent retailers. I hear all of you. I've had conversations with some of you around this. I see it in Master Shopkeepers. So it's important that I acknowledge this first. I also don't want to avoid these tough conversations. I know this podcast episode Maybe it won't fix your problems around this topic, but I don't want to avoid it because it's hard. So I'm hopeful that maybe some of you will get an idea or two and it might offer some type of solution in your business. So Farnoosh Tarabi is an American journalist and she's host of the So Money podcast. The So Money podcast is one of my financial go-tos. She publishes a lot of podcast episodes. She writes a lot of content, I think mostly for CNET, if I, if I understand that correctly. And I value her. I feel like she's very relatable. I don't listen to every podcast because she publishes a lot and I tend to just not be able to keep up with it. But I do go back to her podcast probably once a month and kind of pick and choose the podcast episodes that I know I'll get value out of or that I'll appreciate or that might resonate with me. And she recently shared these two resources. The first one is a podcast episode that she published titled, What the Heck is Happening with Jobs? So in the episode, she talks about how the job market appears to be holding up with a 3.5% unemployment rate, but it's uncertain how long that will last in a cooling economy. I'm going to go ahead and link the podcast episode in the show notes because I think some of you will find it helpful. She also shared another article or an article that she wrote for CNET titled, Is the U.S. Job Market Still Strong? answers to your questions about employment. So I will link that in the show notes as well. Because again, I think these two are valuable, helpful resources for independent retailers. So I'm going to go ahead and link them. I don't want to go into them too much because I want to get started on this podcast episode. I don't want to use this episode to debate if a recession is happening or to talk about why inflation has gone up. But I want to lay the foundation for this episode, so I will talk about a few things first. What I do want to do with this episode, again, is to acknowledge the labor struggles for independent retailers, and that includes shortages, retaining employees, the cost of payroll versus revenue. And my true intention for this episode is to share some possible solutions, maybe some things that you haven't thought about. All types of small businesses are experiencing this pain, this labor pain, in 2022. 
And I think it's important to know that like you and we are not alone. So what is the problem? Hiring and retaining employees remains the top challenge for small businesses in 2022. And this is according to a survey. I think it was 10,000 small business voices was the title of the survey, maybe. And I apologize that I don't have that fully documented. But 88% of respondents in this survey say small businesses are struggling relative to larger companies in their local communities. 42% say they have lost employees to larger businesses that are paying more. Your standard of, and there's a quote from, from the article that I'll link in the show notes from U.S. News. Your standard of employee went down and pay your paying people went up. From an employer standpoint, that's the wrong equation. And I think if you are struggling with this, you know this already. Um, But I will link that article in the show notes, too. Right now, 76% of small businesses report boosting wages in response to labor shortages. So again, the first one is the number of an employee pool went down and the amount you're paying went up. So we're having a hard time finding employees and our profit margins are decreasing because we're paying more. So that really seems to be the problem for retailers. What is causing the labor shortage? So I think some people will blame COVID, and I'm sure that's ultimately the catalyst for the current labor shortage. But there are several, actually several issues that are causing the workforce to shrink. And these include continuing fear of contracting COVID, needing to stay home to watch children because of the COVID crisis, unwillingness to deal with increasingly belligerent customers, wages too low, increased competition for workers from other businesses, older workers are retiring early, fewer foreign workers, reevaluation of job expectations. I mean, this may, these may not all pertain to your business, but overall, According to a higherstandards.net article, which I'll also link in the show notes, that's what's causing the labor shortages right now. So again, my true intention for this episode is to then offer some solutions because we could all debate the what and the why, not really the what, but definitely the why. And I don't know if we're going to get any clear answers on that. But for me, the reason I do this podcast episode is to help to share helpful information. So I'd rather dig into the solutions than focus on trying to figure out the why. For me, that's irrelevant. There's a pain point. Let's try to figure out how to fix it, right? And what I think it's it's just really time to think outside of the box. And I know retailers are tired of thinking outside of the box. You know, you'll hear like, I'm tired of pivoting. I'm tired of doing that. And I feel like I want to do a whole podcast episode on this. But as entrepreneurs, this is our journey. We're always going to have to think outside of the box. We're always going to have to pivot. We're going to have to gracefully accept change. And if you're not willing to do that, then maybe the entrepreneurial path isn't for you. But I want to start to really convey to all of us that this is what we do. What we do is like really tap into our brains and come up with ideas and solutions and provide value to our customers. That is never going to stop. 
10 years in business, 30 years in business, 40 years in business. That is what you're going to do. You're really going to tap into the power of your brain for the next however many years until you retire from being an independent retailer. This podcast episode, or the show notes, I should say at least, it is going to be packed with helpful links. So although it's not always necessary for you to go to the podcast show notes on my website, I do highly recommend it for this particular episode. I don't want to spend all of my time reading the full articles or conveying what comes out of a podcast episode in this episode, because what I really want to focus on are the solutions, but I do recommend visiting my show notes because next I'm going to reference another helpful article. And I think it's important that you just go to my website and review all of these articles if this is a pain point you're experiencing in business. So you'll visit that at SavvyShopkeeper.com forward slash episode 144. So for some of the solutions, I actually got from an article from Recruitee.com. And this is an article that came out in May of 2022. So it wasn't too long ago. It's not like it was just published in September, October, but I think it was really helpful. And then I have some additional solutions that I want to share. Okay, so the first one is, can you offer a hiring bonus? Would that help? Would that help get at least more people to apply and inquire about the position so they can find out how incredible it is to work for you and to see and implement your vision and mission for the business. Um, Similarly, next one on my list is, can you offer a referral bonus? If you have fantastic team members, maybe they have friends or family members who are also interested in working for your business. I think that could be really important too, a referral bonus maybe to the people, even if you have subcontractors or virtual assistant, maybe not virtual assistant because they're not local, but you could offer offer a referral bonus as well. Number three is, can you offer flexible hours or hybrid positions? I know so many of us are getting frustrated by hearing that everyone wants to work from home, and that's not necessarily the case. Not everyone wants to work from home, But in a situation where maybe someone has other obligations or things that they have to tend to at home, can you offer them a hybrid position where they do some of the work in the store, customer-facing things, and then could they help you and your business in some way by working behind the scenes from a laptop at home? Another popular perk that can attract more job candidates is just to offer a more flexible work schedule. Because of COVID, many people have increased responsibilities at home. Being able to work around school and childcare could make all the difference in bringing more employees on board. And personally, sometimes it's it's personality too. So if I take myself into consideration, I'm an introvert. And this came up in a Master Shopkeepers conversation recently where someone said that they worked in their store by themselves one by themselves one day and they realized how efficient and how happy they were sometimes it's identifying your personality type and for my personality type i love a mix i love a little bit of a mix of customer facing interaction and working from home that might apply to the people who are working for you too if you want to retain them 
and they like to have a mix of the two, maybe you can offer a hybrid position. I want to add that I realize this may not work for every retailer. So don't cringe at me saying some of these or offering some of these solutions. I just want you to be able to consider them. If it works for you, then by all means, implement it. If it doesn't work for you, that's okay too. Number four is hire part-timers or temps. There are lots of workers today who maybe are unwilling to commit to a lot of hours or a permanent position. One solution to this issue is simply to put more people on the payroll as part-timers instead, maybe instead of full-timers. And depending on your business, you may also want to check out the options at local temp agencies. Sometimes I think we quickly disregard that or we feel like the pull of applicants may not be who we're looking for because we're looking to train someone. That means we want someone with us long term. But again, it's a possible solution. Number five, outsourcing. And for me, that means hiring subcontractors or virtual assistant type positions. And some virtual assistant type positions are really specific, like they could focus on video content, email content, social media content, um, handling your email inbox, administrative tasks. There's so many things that virtual positions could handle. I have noticed quite a bit of uptick in master shopkeepers around here, where now I see master shopkeepers saying, my virtual assistant does that. My virtual assistant does this. I hired a virtual assistant and it helped tremendously with inventory management or inventory data entry. So many things that you could do by hiring some type of virtual role. Not everything that you hire in your retail store has to be in person. Number six, maybe you want to revamp your hiring process. What worked in the past may not work now. So what can you do? Who can you reach out to? Where can you advertise for hiring? This has come up on quite a few occasions in Master Shopkeepers. And we had a group member, Margaret, who used to be uh, an HR expert and worked in corporate for, I think, 20 plus years. She was kind and came into the group and actually taught a bit of a masterclass on this to give group members um, some solutions and ideas on where they can hire and some of the things that they can do to you know, help their hiring process. It used to be that you could find new employees maybe by posting a note on a local bulletin board or placing classifieds in the local paper. And for some of you, that might sound so OG, like real old school. <laughs> but in today's digital age, there are different and more effective ways to attract potential candidates. So like checking out the online job board sites, as well as sites like Nextdoor, LinkedIn, or even Craigslist. Funny thing is Craigslist is how we found our brick and mortar space under like the most random category too. It wasn't what you'd expect. And I think that's what I'm suggesting here is Again, start to think outside of the box. Ask in Master Shopkeepers, if you're a member, search, ask again, see what other people are doing right now to find good qualified candidates. Number seven, create more systems for efficiency. So maybe your employees aren't working efficiently and you want them to get more work in the number of hours they're working. 
Maybe that means you don't have to hire someone else. Maybe it's just that they're floundering a bit because you don't have anything documented or they aren't formally trained. Maybe taking the time now to do those things so that they can work more efficiently makes sense. So making the most out of the hours of the team that you have now. Number eight, analyze your store sales data and make some decisions. Now, this one, tread cautiously around, but it might mean that you're going to shorten your business hours if you're not hiring enough employees to cover the number of hours you're working or you find yourself working 80 hours a week. Maybe it's time to really take a look at your store data. And I have a blog post on this topic. We'll link it in the show notes. But after I was open with my sister for a couple of years, we actually t- took a look at our sales data in Square. And we were able to confidently make a decision at the time to go from being open 10 to 6 to being open 10 to 4. It wasn't a labor-related decision, but it was actually really helpful to us. And looking at the information, I knew moving forward, if I had any customers who questioned it or criticized it or whatever issue might come up because we shortened our hours, I felt really confident that I had the numbers in front of me to justify the change in our hours. So maybe it's time for you to take a look at that data to see if you can make some changes to help your business run better. Number, I think this was number nine. Yep, number nine. (laughs) I had to go back and count. Change how you measure success. This one's interesting. Now, measuring success should be a mix of securing employee satisfaction and focusing on the impacts and the results. So is it time for you to put more effort into how you reward and support workers, your employees, your team members, Is it time for you to really take a look at that to see how you can reward them? This one really pertains to retaining employees. What can you do to help retain the the employees that you truly value and appreciate now? Number 10, evaluate your organization's culture. So this was actually a lesson that was taught by Stacy at the Master Shopkeepers Retreat this year. It really focused on foundation. And creating a strong company culture means valuing employees, communicating regularly, and mentoring them to reach their individual or team-based goals. So by investing in a culture that promotes employees' input, you boost employee engagement. And I think sometimes we're so focused on us and the way we want things done and the way we want them to do something that we often forget about their input. So creating this type of culture may take some time, I get it, but I think it'll create open lines of communication where employees can receive and give feedback freely. I think that's that can be really important in your store's culture. Number 11 is infuse diversity in your recruitment. And as a Latina woman, I personally value this suggestion. I'm going to link another helpful article by Recruitee.com on this topic. It's easy to become stale in our hiring practices and to kind of go to the same places every time. But what can you do to start to recruit some diversity in in your business? How can you reach other people that maybe you haven't been reaching in the past? I think that's important. Again, something that's very important to me as well. 
And number 12 is improve your cash management system. This one's going to seem random and a little bit outside of the box, but let me explain. I had a particular group member who said that her struggle wasn't so much with labor shortage, but more on labor costs versus sales. And it was interesting to see, and I and I know this group member really values her team members and probably pays them really well. Uh, and has probably over the past year or so given them raises or done things to help retain those employees. But when cost of goods increases, you know, cost of production or material increases, and then you're striving to keep your employees so you they don't lose them, the cost of labor versus the amount of revenue you're bringing in can become a pain point in and of itself. So for me, That usually means implementing or improving my cash management system. I taught a whole masterclass on this topic. So if you are a group member and this is a pain point, I highly recommend that you go into the Shopkeepers Academy and that you re-watch or watch this lesson because implementing a cash management system takes time. It isn't something that you can do. This is one thing I learned over the past few years when I really started to focus on how can I help retailers with cash flow. It is a process. And I think my checklist that I gave during that cash flow class was like a 12-point checklist. Some of them are super easy to check off and move on to the next one, but some of them involve time and effort. And then part of what I do teach in cash flow management for retailers is to build a reserve account so that when you do have a cash flow crunch, you're not feeling so overwhelmed. But if you think about it, starting that kind of cash flow crunch account where you have a bit of a cushion, it isn't necessarily an emergency fund. This is a real cushion to help protect your cash flow. It's another account that I have that I personally have for my own business so that if I want to expand and pay cash or if I want to pay for cash and all of my product orders for Q4, I can do that without building or tapping into a loan or, you know, maxing out my credit cards. So again, if this is part of a pain point, you have a great team, but now you're worried about your labor costs versus your revenue, start to work on a cash management system for your business. It'll bring so much peace of mind. I am also going to list a helpful article from business. I think it's business.nextdoor.com how to overcome the small business labor shortage. I know one 20-minute episode alone will not fix the struggle some indie retailers are experiencing now, but I would be remiss if I didn't at least share some ideas, these 12 ideas. If you are truly struggling with this in your business, some of the things I suggested, like I said earlier, they they may annoy you or they may tick you off. I don't know what the reaction is going to be to this episode. However, don't let anger or frustration keep you from trying to find alternative solutions or to think creatively. It's funny because when I wrote down the notes for this, I even wrote in parentheses, aka, don't shoot the messenger. I hope this has you kind of getting out of frustrated frustration mode and into, okay, it's time for me to boss up and it's time for me to think creatively here. I can sit here and be annoyed with it or I can 
try to do some things about it that I haven't tried before. So if you want to see the show notes to this episode, and I highly recommend it, you'll find all of the links and podcast episodes I mentioned on my blog at SavvyShopkeeper.com forward slash episode 144. Until the next episode, be savvy and boss up.